You're listening to Sea Air with Suleiman Ocheni. Do you know that soap opera called The Bold and the Beautiful? Well, when I was a child, every day after school, I would watch that soap opera with my mother and my sisters. I think it's still running today. It's a really long running um, soap opera. And I think at this point, it should be like, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 years old. Anyway, um, on that soap opera, there was a character called Taylor Forrester and she was a therapist. And the moment I understood what her job was, I was like, what? You mean to tell me that there are people in this world who it is their job to sit down in their office and then people come to them with their problems and they help them with those problems? It blew my nine-year-old mind. I was like, that is the job for me. But when it came time to go to university, people said things like, you know, what kind of job would you get in Nigeria with a psychology degree? Some other people also said that I didn't have a mind for psychology, so I should choose something else. So I chose journalism. It wasn't a loss because I had an equal interest in both fields, but my love for psychology and human behavior never waned. So over the years, I have kind of educated myself in the ways of psychology. In the future, if I have the opportunity, I think I would still go back to university and get a psychology degree, but I am impatient. I want to give people advice, hence this podcast. So welcome to the maiden episode of Cien with Suleiman Ocheni. Yeah, this is an advice podcast, a relationship advice podcast, not just romantic relationship advice, but all types of relationships. So if you have any issues with any relationship in your life, I am your guy. Reach out to me and I will help you. Stay till the end of this podcast and I'll tell you how to reach me. So without wasting too much time, let's get into the advice portion of this advice podcast. So in my trailer, I had said that I was going to do what would Suleiman do until I started getting my own questions. But luckily for me, some questions already started coming in. So this week, I'm going to mix in some of those questions with the what would I do's, you know, just to make things fun. Because I actually have some interesting what would I do questions. So let's see how much time will allow me to take. So the first question today is from someone who emailed me. They want to be anonymous. So this is what anonymous is asking. I found myself in this kind of confusing situation and I really need some advice. About five years back, a friend of mine confessed he had feelings for me, but he wasn't ready for a relationship. Totally respected that and we carried on with our friendship. The tricky part is, as time has gone on, we've been growing apart more and more. Every time I've tried to talk about it, he says something like, quote, I always have you in my thoughts, end quote which is sweet, but it doesn't really address the issue. How can I set some clear boundaries here without causing unnecessary drama? Any insights would be seriously appreciated. See, Anonymous, I hate to break it to you, but this guy does not like you. (laughs) I'm sorry for laughing, but really, he does not like you. If he liked you, he would have done something about it by now. Listen, most people are moved to rage when they see somebody they like with someone else. So most people want to lock that down. They don't want the people that they like to be out in the world, you know, so that other people would have opportunities with them. Because think about it, but, and this is just advice for everybody in general. When someone says, um, I am not in the right frame of mind, or I, this is the wrong time, I am not ready for a relationship, what they are saying in essence is, I don't like you. Because think about it. Imagine if... This guy's celebrity crush. I don't know. Uh, who do people think is attractive these days? Who are Gen Z people looking at and saying that is attractive? Uh, let's uh, Zendaya now. Uh-huh. 
Imagine Zendaya goes up to that guy and says, I like you, I want to date you. Will he tell Zendaya, please, I'm, I'm trying to do self-development, leave me alone, I don't want to date you. No, he will date Zendaya. You understand? Most people, even if they are messed up, they will date and try and fix themselves up while they are dating. You understand? There's nothing like, oh, I am not in perfect condition, so I cannot date. And also, there's this thing that people do, and I think it's called breadcrumbing. They just give you a little bit to keep you hooked. You understand? They want you on the back burner so that if they're ever bored and they want to be in a relationship, they know that you are there waiting for them. You are always an option. So they have that security of knowing that you are there. That is what this guy did by telling you what he told you, because I would imagine you didn't prompt him to tell you that he had feelings for you. He just announced that he had feelings for you and then didn't do anything about it what kind of nonsense is that this guy does not like you he just wants to keep you there pining for him so that if he does not get his perfect lady then you know he can come to you which is nonsense and you should not allow it i wouldn't suggest this but if you want to test this theory because i know it is true but if you want to test it just tell this guy that you have a boyfriend or there's a guy who wants you to be his girlfriend and see how quickly he will all of a sudden be ready for a relationship because he will want to keep you waiting for him people are so transparent in these ways. Anyway, to answer your question, you asked how to set boundaries and not create drama. So you said that you guys are drifting apart. Allow the drifting to continue to apart. You understand? Allow the chasm to continue to grow between you guys. Stop calling him, even casually. When he calls you, don't answer his call. Message him like two days later and say, sorry, I have been busy. Like that, just allow the relationship to die. And if he asks you, tell him the truth. Explain to him why you are pulling away. Because I would imagine that you like him too, otherwise this wouldn't be an issue. Tell him that you like him, but he's not ready to do anything about it. So you are going to move on with your life. And you can't move on from somebody when they are in your face constantly. You have to create distance. So that distance that is building between you people, allow it to build and then add to it. Do your own to add to that distance. And within two to three short years, you'll be over him. <laughs> Next, this is a what would you do? Um, I got this scenario from a podcast I listened to. It's called The Savage Love Cast. It's hosted by Dan Savage. It's an amazing love, dating, relationship podcast. It's really explicit. So if you know that you have a weak stomach and you're easily offended by foul language, that podcast will not be for you. But this is an issue that someone called in with a few years ago. And ever since I heard this, it has been in my mind. So I want to tell you guys what I would do in this situation. So here it is. A week ago, my boyfriend and I went out clubbing and we were drinking and he got a little too tipsy and got up on a table and mooned the whole room. If you don't know what mooning is, it's basically exposing your bare bum bum in public. Anyway, everyone cheered and he thought this was the funniest thing in the world. I felt very differently about it. I didn't like it at all. In fact, it really upset me. I told him as much and he says I'm being too, quote, delicate and that it's not that big a deal. To which I responded that I have a right to have a problem with my boyfriend getting naked for a room full of strangers. His argument is that it's his body, so it's his choice. And if you were a woman, then I'd be supporting his right to do anything he wanted with his body because I am generally pro a woman's right to choose. Even my friends agree with him. I feel like I am being gaslit. So, am I crazy? See, I consider myself quite progressive, but even I find this to be so very ridiculous. What kind of a nonsense defense is that? With that defense, you can argue that I can cheat on my partner because I used my body. It's my body, so it is my choice. I can do whatever the hell I want. Equally, I can slap you across the face, you know, and you have no right to be angry about it. Why are you hurt? I used my hand. It is my hand, so my choice. I can do whatever the hell 
I want. It's such a silly thing to say. If it is your body, your choice, okay, the next time you see a police officer, walk up to that police officer and show them your bare bum bum and see what will happen. We are applying this my body, my choice thing to things that have nothing to do with it. Yes, it's your body, it's your choice, but you have to take into consideration your partner's feelings. That is a relationship. Your actions affect others, especially your loved ones. And the way you behave reflects on the people who choose to associate with you. Because, you know, they say birds of a feather flock together. So when you are doing nonsense, people will assume that I too do nonsense just because I am dating you. What if my boss was at that club and saw you do that? It's going to reflect negatively on me, most likely. I'm not saying that mooning a room full of people is right or it's wrong, but a conversation needs to be had. And the kind of conversation that needs to take place is an adult conversation. An adult conversation where, okay, this thing might not be a problem to me, but it's a problem to my partner. Therefore, it is a problem for me. But actually, he's right. If he decides that he wants to stick on this my body, my choice thing, you also tell him, okay, my own body, my choice too. The way you like me pressing my body up against yours, I'll carry my body and go and press up against somebody else and see how he feels. Also, get new friends. Get seen friends. What, like, what your friends are supposed to be on your side. And this is the kind of nonsense they're saying. Those are not your friends. Please, move on. So yeah, the next question I got is another email from one of you and it reads... I am a 33-year-old man and I am dating a woman who is the love of my life. I intend to marry this woman and she and I have been on the same page from the beginning of our relationship. However, she is starting to have doubts. This is because she just found out that although I do not cheat and have never cheated on any of my girlfriends, all my friends are serial cheaters. They are the kind of men who don't see anything wrong with cheating. I want to repeat that I have never cheated on my girlfriend, nor have I cheated on any of my past girlfriends. But my girlfriend sees it as a red flag that I would be around guys who think it's okay to cheat and not cheat myself. She said she's seriously considering ending our relationship because this is too much for her to take. I don't know what to do. These are my friends. Am I supposed to abandon all my friends all at once? Or is she unreasonable for asking me to do this? See, I'm kind of on your girlfriend's side on this. Listen, I wouldn't even date someone whose friends are serial cheaters, let alone marry them. Because first of all, I wouldn't even believe you that you don't cheat. Because what is it about your friends that recommends them so much that will make you overlook this glaring character defect? Your friends are okay with harming the women that are in their lives. And I understand cheating happens. People make mistakes. That's a bigger conversation for another day. But to actually cheat on your girlfriend or your partner or whatever on purpose and see nothing wrong with it, that is huge. So the fact that all of your friends are like this and you are still friends with them, honestly, she is right to have her eyebrows raised. I don't think she's unreasonable. I too would be afraid of this situation. I don't know about dumping all your friends all at once, but I would branch out. I would try and make new friends one by one. Slowly, slowly, I would try and make new friends. Because honestly, even though you are not cheating right now, there's only so long you can be around that kind of behavior before you start doing it. And even if you are strong-willed and you don't do it, I can guarantee you that one or more of those your friends with time will try and encourage you into it. So yeah, I would try, maybe not dump all your friends all at once, but start to pull back a little bit and try and find 
better friends whose values align with yours because clearly these guys their values do not align with yours and i would tell my girlfriend this that yeah i see where you're coming from i understand and you are right i am going to try and pull back exactly what i have said i'm going to try and pull back and try and find new friends because she would be right to walk away in this scenario so you need to weigh how much you love her versus how much you want to keep your cheating friends and move from there Anyway, moving on, this is a situation that a friend of mine was in a few years ago. At the time, she did not ask me for advice. She just vented to me, so I just sat down and listened. But I told her what I was doing, and I asked her to write it down so that I would give advice as if this was back then. So she wrote it, and she sent it in. So this is what happened. I am seven months pregnant with what I hope will be my rainbow baby. For those of you who don't know what a rainbow baby is, a rainbow baby is a healthy baby delivered. After a couple has been trying for a baby for a long time, it's usually after several miscarriages. So yeah, that's what a rainbow baby is. Anyway, back to the story. It hasn't been an easy pregnancy, but the baby is healthy. I haven't been put on bed rest, but my doctors have advised that I take it easy until I deliver. So I will be needing help around the house. I would have liked my mother to come and stay with me, but she lives about nine hours away and works full time and couldn't get the time off. So my husband suggested that his mother, who has the time, come and stay with us. She and I have a wonderful relationship and have had no problems in the past. So I was totally fine with this arrangement. My mother-in-law moved in with us and everything was going fine for about two weeks. Then one day I was cooking jollof rice. When I went to check on it, I noticed some particles on top of the rice. I mixed the rice, looking closely and could see that those particles were spread all throughout the rice. I called my mother-in-law into the kitchen to show her and she claimed she couldn't see anything. I asked if she had added anything to my food and she said she hadn't. Considering how many miscarriages I've had before this pregnancy, I am extremely paranoid. I don't want to take any chances. I could not identify what the particles in the rice were and since my mother-in-law said she hadn't added anything to the food, I decided the problem was the rice itself. This batch came from a new 50 kg bag of rice we just bought, so I decided I was going to throw the entire bag away just to be safe. Upon hearing this, my mother-in-law finally confessed that she was the one who added something to my food. I asked her what she added and she said that it's medicine to help with my pregnancy, to protect the baby. I asked her where she got this medicine from and she said from her babalawo. If you don't know what a babalawo is, it's a witch doctor. Anyway, to say I was enraged would be putting it lightly. However, I didn't want to engage with her because I didn't want to put myself through unnecessary stress and risk the pregnancy. Plus, I felt the message would land better coming from my husband, her son. But when my husband came back from work and I told Told him he told me i was making a big deal out of nothing according to him she was just trying to help he doesn't see anything wrong with what she has done i don't know whether he is right and it's pregnancy hormones that are making me overreact or if this is as big a deal as i think it is i'm confused i don't know what to do <laughs> see i'm not a fan of ultimatums because listen people tend to kick against losing their power people like their freedom people like having choices so when you give an ultimatum, you tell them, do this or this will happen. People will often do the opposite of what you want them to do, even if that was what they wanted to do initially. Just wanting to maintain their freedom of choice, people would usually choose the opposite of what you want them to choose. So I am generally against ultimatums. However, I have been thinking about this for a long time, and I feel like an ultimatum is the only way to go. And that ultimatum is husband dearest. 
please call your mother to order. Otherwise, I am packing my ungongo and I am leaving this house and I'll carry this pregnancy with me because this is a huge violation. To be honest, if I were you, I would be looking at my husband with corner eye. You had the right instincts not engaging with your mother-in-law because it was your husband who was supposed to come and talk to his mother. Because this is serious. Like, he could have had real negative consequences because she does not know your dietary requirements. You could have allergies that she does not know about. You know, you could have high blood pressure and what if that thing that her babalawo gave her has a lot of salt in it? Because I would imagine that babalawos are not given ingredients list with their medicine. So she could have, like, put you and your baby at risk. And also, she knew what she was doing was wrong because she didn't ask you before sprinkling this thing in your food. And when you asked her about it, she lied. So she knew that she was wrong. This thing needs to be nipped in the bud immediately. Otherwise, it will continue. I guarantee you, if she gets away with this, she will continue to do things like this and they will get progressively worse. This is the kind of mother-in-law who will help your children break your rules. For example, if you don't want your children eating sweets, she's the kind of mother-in-law who will give them sweets and tell them, don't tell your mother. And that can cause so many problems in a family. That is why your husband needs to deal with this. And there's something I've seen a lot of married people do especially newly married people. You know, when we are growing up, our nuclear family is our mother, our father, and our siblings. So we have their backs and they have our own backs. But what a lot of people do not realize is that once you get married, your own family becomes your extended family. Your spouse and your children now become your nuclear family. They are your priority. So you have their back no matter what, even if they're being unreasonable, in my opinion. So even if you are being unreasonable, he still should have talked to his mother about it. At this point, I am less concerned about your mother-in-law and what she put in your food and more concerned about your husband. Because what does he mean that she meant well? You know, they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And more the intentions here plenty. He needs to call his mother to order. And you know, I wouldn't expect an apology. I feel like I would sooner see a unicorn galloping into my room than watch a Nigerian parent, you know, apologize. But... Yeah, this conversation needs to be had and it needs to be had in your presence. So he cannot go and tell his mother, hey, I'm telling her that I'm yelling at you, but really, you know, he needs to have this conversation in your presence and tell his mother. So, yeah, you need to explain to your husband why this is such a violation to you and why his reaction to it is so disappointing. And I wouldn't come at it from an accusatory place, but I would just have a calm conversation and say, by the way, this is how I am feeling. And if you cannot do something about it, I am gone. And with that, we come to the end of the advice portion of the podcast. Now, I have some other segments planned for you. So I'm going to explain what those segments are so that um, I don't have to keep breaking to explain so that once I get into them, I can just go. So we have the fact of the day. I agree with people who say it's important to learn something new every day because I feel the moment learning stops, that is when it's all downhill mentally. So I'm going to do my part to help us all learn something new every day. After that, we have my week in pop culture. And I said my week in pop culture. I stress the my there so that you know that I'm going to be talking about pop culture stories that jumped out at me over the week. Not necessarily the top trending stories, but stories that I found to be interesting, especially considering the relationship aspect of this podcast. After that is a segment I am calling, Here is Why I Am Jealous of You. Now, you may or may not know this about me, but I am a huge TV buff. I am obsessed with TV series. At this point, I have probably watched over 400, maybe even 500 TV series. I have watched so many that I struggle to find new TV series. So in this segment, every week, I'll be recommending one TV show to you. And if you haven't watched it, I am so jealous of you because now you get to. And finally, there's the feedback segment 
segment I am calling Feed Me Feedback. Obviously, we're not going to have that segment this week because this is the first episode of the podcast. So people haven't had an opportunity to, you know, give feedback because there's been nothing to give feedback on. But basically, I am not perfect. I don't know everything. So if I give bad advice or you think I gave bad advice in the previous week's episode or I missed out on something in some of the advice I gave, I want you to reach out to me, to correct me, to help me add to the podcast, to make it richer. So it will be in that segment, the Feed Me Feedback, that I will go through you guys' responses. So please be sure if you have any thoughts, any thoughts at all, even if it's a sentence, just reach out to me. Again, I will let you know how to do that at the end of the show. So yeah, now I am going to jump into those segments. I am going to start with our fact of the day. Did you know the place with the longest name is in New Zealand? It's a mountain called Tatao Matafakatanyanga Kuwawao Utamatea Turi Pukaka Pikimonga Horonu Kupukaifan Wakitanatahu. Ask me how I know that. <laughs> I had to learn that for work like three years ago. And ever since I learned that, I haven't had any cause to utter that word. And it's such a cool thing to know. So you guys try and learn it. And I don't know why. It just gives me so much joy to know that I know that. So learn it and just watch your confidence levels boost. <laughs> Anyway, moving on to my week in pop culture, I want to talk about Blue Ivy, as in Beyonce and Jay-Z's Blue Ivy, their 11-year-old daughter. So unless you have been living under a rock for the past couple of months, you will know that Beyonce is on a global tour right now. And um, I don't know how frequently, but she brings on her daughter Blue Ivy to dance with her from time to time, I'm guessing. I don't know whether it's every show, but the girl comes out to dance with her. And I find it to be so strange that there are adult people who have such extreme reactions to this 11-year-old girl's dancing. There was this woman, I don't even know her name. I don't want to learn her name. She was, from what I could tell, at least 40 years old. She did a breakdown of Blue Ivy's dancing. She was talking about how the girl wasn't dancing so well. I'm like, madam, you are a 40-plus-year-old woman talking about an 11-year-old girl and how well she dances and insulting her. And I'm like, do you not have anything better to do with your time? Like the way people just hyper-focus on this child is so strange to me. And I've also seen online people who go to the concert be like, oh my God, I saw Blue Ivy. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. It's not a negative thing that they're saying, but it's still so weird to me that people are freaking out over this 11-year-old child. I feel like, okay, she's there dancing with her mother. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Like, don't pay too much attention to her. Like, I don't even know why there are headlines about Blue Ivy right now. It's so strange to me. Like, the only thing I would say about this whole thing is that I think it's an interesting choice that Beyonce and Jay-Z will allow their 11-year-old daughter to get on stage in front of a global audience, knowing the amount of scrutiny that the girl was in for. Like, I don't know the thought processes that led to that decision, but I don't know. I guess it's their family. They can do whatever they want. It is what it is. And also, I want to say, like recently, I've been really fascinated with parasocial relationships. And I've seen online people talking about, oh, my God, I went to see Blue Ivy because I'm so proud of her. I'm proud of Beyonce because Beyonce is such a good mother and has raised Blue Ivy well. And I'm like, you don't know that to be true. Like, you don't know Beyonce as a mother. Like, you just see her out and about with her children from time to time. You don't know whether she's a good mother or a bad mother. You understand? The way people are so hyper focused on celebrities and thinking they know these people when really you do not. Again, so strange. Anyway, moving on to my next story. Paul Okoye, one of the peas in P-Square. You know, he get as they do me, do me. Yeah, that one. <laughs> he has come out to say, quote, dump any woman that pressures you in this economy. 
economy. He said, adjust your life. You see those girls where they put you for pressure, dump them, dump them all. Any girl that cannot manage with a man in the current situation of this country, guys, I support you to dump them. If you don't have, you don't have. Don't just bother yourself. If she won't leave you, make she leave you. <laughs> and I have to say, I agree with Paul. Listen, the world is in a global economic crisis. People are not able to eat. People are not able to make ends meet. People are struggling. In fact, a few days ago, I saw someone eating out of a trash can. Look, I used to buy tomatoes. A basket of tomatoes was 800 naira. Now that same basket is 4,400 naira. Bread that used to be 300 naira is now 1,100 naira per loaf. Things are tough in the country. Everybody is struggling. Everybody is tightening their belt buckle. So please explain why you are on your boyfriend's neck to buy you a 3.5 million naira bone straight wig. It's ridiculous. I have seen women online saying ridiculous things like this. If that is your priority right now, your head is not correct. Listen to me very carefully. Your head is not correct. People are dying, dying. And you are shouting because your boyfriend didn't give you money to buy something frivolous. Come on now, come on. And I want to say that it's not all women who do this. I don't want to make it sound like all women do this, but I've seen a few women who do this and encourage other women to do the same how can you it's like you're so oblivious the kind of woman who would do this kind of thing is not steeped in reality and if you are not careful and you go and align yourself with such a woman she will pull you down i'm not saying that men should not buy things to show appreciation for the people that they are with no you can't you should even if it is a coke do that do the one that your pocket will allow for but going to go and look for exorbitant amounts of money to satisfy a materialistic need no not even a need a want is wild so gentlemen, if there's any of you listening to this, if your girlfriend is inconsiderate, does not understand the crisis that everybody is in and is pressuring you to do this, that is not a person you want to align yourself with. If she cannot understand right now the situation on ground, she can't see how things are hot, that is not someone you want to be with. Trust me. When times are better, okay, maybe, but not now. Things have tripled, quadrupled, quintupled in the market. People cannot find food. Listen to me, food to eat. And you want to go and take somebody's annual salary and buy what? Jewelry? Makeup? And again, I want to stress, it's not all women who do this. And I want to even say it's not most women who do this. But the few that do it are very loud. And sometimes they can also influence others to do the same. So, ladies, if you hear any woman talking like this, she's not a serious person. And gentlemen, if any of your girlfriends or wives are talking like this, you know what? I would even suggest divorce at this point. That might be harsh, but it is what it is. My next story is actually quite sad if it's true. Do you guys remember that 2009 movie, The Blind Side? It had Sandra Bullock in it. Basically, it followed the life of Michael Orr, who was, quote, adopted by the Tui family. The plot of the movie is that they helped him, you know, reach his heights. They, he went to the NFL and it was because of the help of this family. Now it is coming to light that apparently they didn't actually adopt him. According to Michael Orr now, he's saying that they tricked him to sign papers that he thought were adoption papers but instead were papers to make
make them his conservators. If you don't know what conservators are, basically a conservatorship is when an adult is not deemed fit to handle their own affairs. So basically their rights are put with another adult, usually a parent. So what Michael Orr is claiming is that they tricked him into signing those papers so they're in control of his life right now. The family are not denying that they made him sign papers to make them his conservators, but they are saying that it wasn't for any nefarious reasons, that basically they did it so that they can help him with, you know, driver's license and getting into university and all of that, which I'm not sure that I believe that, but... <laughs> and they said that by the time all this was going on, that he had turned 18, so they couldn't adopt him. That's why they made him sign that um, conservatorship. But Tennessee, where they live or lived, I'm not sure, allows adult adoption. So they could have adopted him after he turned 18. But instead, they opted to go for a conservatorship, which is interesting. According to Michael Orr, he said that, you know, that movie, The Blind Side, that he did not receive any money from it, but that Leanne Tui, Sean Tui, that is the husband and the wife, and the children each got $200,000 upfront for that movie, and that they continue to receive 2.5% of residuals from that movie while he gets nothing. Of course, the family is disputing this, but... That is his claim. If all of this is true, it's so unfortunate because can you imagine tricking a 17, 18 year old who is on the way to like stardom to sign over basically their future to you? Michael Orr is 37 now and they've been in this guy's life since he was 16. Back then, it was even alleged that they took him under their wing because of, you know, he because of how big he was. They knew that they could get him to be one of the top football players in the country. So that's why they inserted themselves into his life. I'm not in their chest. I don't know their motives. But that is what was alleged. And now with all this coming out, it actually seems likely. So now people are online saying that, you know, Sandra Bullock won an Oscar for that movie. Um, people are now online saying that Sandra Bullock should be stripped of that Oscar, which is ridiculous because what does she have to do with this family? She was given a script. She acted the role and she got her award. She has nothing to do with the family. People are ridiculous. And on also Sandra Bullock just lost her partner. Her partner just died of ALS. So can you imagine arranging your partner's funeral and then people are online saying this nonsense about you? Like, it doesn't even make any sense where these people are coming from, but it's the internet. It never makes sense. Honestly, people need to get a life. They need to go and get jobs. They need to go outside and touch grass because honestly, that, that, I don't, it doesn't even make any sense to me because what does Sandra Bullock have to do with this family's affairs? Anyway, this is just a lesson to everybody that before you sign anything, read it carefully. I know Michael Orr was a child when he signed this, so he, he didn't know better. But this is a lesson to all of us. Before you sign anything, any contract, any agreement, read it and make sure you understand it. But yeah, that's the end of that story. So here's why I am jealous of you this week. If you have not seen the TV show Devious Maids, I am so, so, so jealous of you because it is one of the best shows I have ever watched in my life. Basically, the show follows this group of maids. They're Latina maids and they work for wealthy families. And um, basically, we see their relationships with the families they work with. We see their relationships with each other and we see their relationships in their own families. So it is the perfect blend of romance, friendship, mystery, and comedy. It is chef's kiss. It's just, honestly, I don't even, I can't gush enough about this show. It is beautifully written. The relationships in that uh, show are just so rich. The characters are just so well-developed. And Susan Lucci in this show is magnificent. If you haven't seen it, stop what you're doing right now and go and check out Devious Maze. It is amazing.
And with that, we come to the end of the first ever episode of Seeing. I am your host, Suleiman Ocheni. I would love, love, love it if this podcast could be a conversation between you and I. So if you have a question, anything relationship related that you need help with, please send it to me. You can write an email or record a voice note and send it to me. Remember, if I treat your issue on the podcast, you will be anonymous, so I will not expose you. Equally, if you have any feedback, any additions or subtractions from what I have said on this week's episode of the podcast, you can also reach out. Email me at suleiman.talks at gmail.com, which is S-U-L-E-I-M-A-N dot T-O-K-S at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram if you would prefer that. I am Suleiman underscore talks on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me on those platforms for more relationship advice. The voice you heard at the beginning of this podcast is the lovely Fatima Beta. The theme song you're listening to right now and at the start of the podcast is by Coma Media on pixabay.com. Catch a brand new episode of CN next Monday. So, until then, bye.